This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Enterprise BizBytes. My name is Rich Bradbury, and I'm joined in the studio by the ebullient Roshan Kennison. Ebullient? Ah. Do I need to pull out a dictionary, Rich? Maybe, maybe. A little bit later on, I'll let you look that up. One <laughs> it is, of course, Tuesday, the 11th of June. It is 12.06, literally. Uh, just Going back in time. Soon. Going back in time. Something we might talk about a little bit later on, actually. Mm. Now, uh, today's show, a little bit different. Uh, we're going to harken back to something we used to do quite a while ago. It's tech. Tuesday. Now <gasps> Exciting we've, we, times. We've not done this for an awful long time. Uh, and what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at some of the most interesting tech stories uh, that have jumped out at us over the past couple of days. Of course, we will be talking about threads, something that you're probably all too familiar with, but we have some updates about that. Uh, a little bit of an update on some stuff that's happening with ChatGPT. Also, it's the uh, yesterday was the anniversary of the Apple App Store. Mm-hmm. But before we get to that, uh, of course, uh, Roshan, you attended an event yesterday. It was the uh, the launch of the MDEC Horizon Digital Economy Publication. Wow, Rich. Yep, you got all the words <laughs> correct there. Uh, but yeah, it was quite interesting. It's also the first anniversary of Malaysia Digital as well. Right. So MDEC put it together a little bit of a event. Um, there was the minister was there obviously the CEO of MDEC. Yeah. Uh, and a big part of this, uh, and our own Philip C was moderating oh, our yes, panel as well. Right, yeah. um, uh, we will be airing that next week. Uh, he had a conversation with Eric uh, Cheng of Casa. Tuesday, right? We're airing it, I think? Yeah, next Tuesday. Okay. Um, along with the CEO of MDAC and a representative from the World Bank. So a senior economist from the World Bank. So that conversation was really about the insights from the Horizons publication. Now, um, the, th- the interesting thing about this is that what they're trying to do here with this is identify key trends um, using uh, basically key horizons. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, very good, very good, yes. Um, and kind of make this like the central kind of information packet uh, for industry insights and it seemed to be talking to industry players so like some of the companies that highlighted in here well Carson for one yeah. but things like food market uh, hub uh, uh, even RPG Commerce is in here as well who will be, who will be on OFB uh, open for business tomorrow at 10 o'clock mm-hmm. um, they're the three key pillars that they're identifying this time is in this report is business, investor, and society. So that's how they divided the report up. And one of the things I was able to talk to one of the authors of the report or one of the strategists and some of the key things that they highlighted here was the fact that they're doing a digitalization index. Right. Uh, and Rich, we've been talking about digitalization for um, every year since <laughs> since the 2000s. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, that acceleration during the pandemic. But we don't really have anything to quantify it because earlier this year we were talking about, you know, uh, during budget about how more money and more uh, resources need to be put towards digitalization. Mm. So they're going to be having quite a, a significant sample size uh, kind of such study they're going to be doing uh, across the nation to see the disparities in digitalization and adding a score to it. So there's a... There what, is, a state-by-state state kind of score? Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, they'll, be, they'll be doing studies state-by-state. State. Now, I don't know how the scores will be attributed to, um, but at least it'll be a reference point, right? Because now it's just digitalization. We need to improve digitalization. But what does it mean? Right. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. Um, I think I'd there was like one thing s- that caught your attention, yeah, right? Uh, I'd like to see how that works out, though. Can, mm-hmm. you, can you imagine, like, states re- battling it out? You know, we're mm-hmm. at seven now. What are you at? We're at six. You know, that would be interesting. <laughs> now, um, yeah, one thing that stuck out for me was, was this idea... 
obviously something again we, we've spoken about quite a lot. You know, the metaverse. Mm-hmm. And they've got this part in there called knocking on the door of the metaverse. And it's interesting. It, it kind of looks at different ways in, in which companies uh, can approach the metaverse and whether you should be involved with it or not and how important it could or couldn't be for your, for your company. Uh, and I had an interesting uh, discussion yesterday. I did an interview with a, a logistics company, essentially. And they were talking about how they were including the metaverse in what it is that they do. So one of the things that they do is that they create virtual warehouses so that people who are working in logistics before they build these warehouses can, you know, virtually walk around and decide where they want their loading bay, where they want all of their kind of conveyor belts. So I'd never really thought about using it in that way. So, you know, you can do all of this a little bit of research before you actually sit down and spend all of this money, which I thought was a very smart idea. Yeah, what I found quite, and again, this, this publication is available online. I think just yeah, MDEC is sharing on their LinkedIn. Um, but one thing I found quite interesting was also they put together a chapter on digital salaries mm. and how far behind Malaysian digital sal- salaries are in the tech landscape. Oh. Uh, and a lot of it came down to skill sets. Um, I think in the, our news reports, our uh, news team has been airing some of those clips there. Uh, we were there. And um, they have a digital job market outlook, where are the hot areas, where are, where is talent needed, mm. and how do we upskill? Because right? some of the gaps, if I open up that uh, the page here. So there's there are nice little tables here to show us how far, far behind we I, are. I know in you're terms a big fan of, of the tables. Yeah. Yes. So they benchmark Malaysian digital salaries posi- uh, based on position against other countries. And in some places, the wider salary gap is, of course, against the US, where talent earned on average 4.23 times more uh, than Malaysia then followed by Hong Kong Australia and then Qatar and at the end of the spectrum digital professionals in economies like Indonesia India and the Philippines take home lower salaries uh, only earning point, about 0.5 to 0.7 times um, more than their contemporaries in Malaysia so <clears throat> not the end of the spectrum mm. but definitely way like four times less than uh, what's going on in the US but again it goes to the value added system right. how do you build up the economy yeah, yeah. Um, which is going to be a main focus I think of of MDEC going forward and uh, the horizon that they see ahead. Oh, my word. You can have that one. I could have done a lot more, actually, so I I restrained myself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, as Roshan said, if you want to find out more information about that, head over to MDEC's uh, website. Um, The report, uh, sorry, the uh, publication is 157 pages long, so make sure you do sit down uh, somewhere comfortable with a cup of coffee to get your way through that. Uh, And if you want to get in touch with the show or uh, help out with this discussion today, these uh, topics we're talking about, get us via our U-Mobile WhatsApp number 018-789-8899. We are on Twitter at BFM radio now moving on um unless you have been hiding under a rock for the past few days uh last week or so threads instagram's new app soared past 100 million users in just a few days of its launch uh, far outpacing expectations and uh the user acquisition rate of even OpenAI's chat gpt which was the reigning champion of the most downloaded uh, quickest downloaded app uh so this app is designed for conversations uh, saw an explosion in user engagement right from its launch achieving several user milestones in quick succession when you look at that number 100 million don't forget that is without the European member countries yeah. joining as well. And let's highlight that for a second because the EU hasn't allowed it yet Correct. for privacy concerns. Right, right. So um, <laughs> while while impressive for yeah. Instagram that they've done this without an entire continent, um, it should also be a red, little bit of a red flag yeah. in the sense that um, there are still many parties that are not convinced by Meta's um, privacy standards and 
you know, custo- the, that they're not the BLNL custodian of data, right? Mm-hmm. So I think well, that's... Yes, that's so a that's, polite that's way one. of putting it. And yeah, yeah. I don't know what world we live in now where uh, people are starting to look at... They, they, all the memes that came out of uh, comparing... Comparing uh, the one, my favorite one was the Harry Potter meme that the fight between Dumbledore and Voldemort, and it's basically Zuckerberg is Dumbledore and Voldemort is Elon Musk, and I'm like, what will have we come to that Zuckerberg <laughs> is now a hero um, in this sense? But again, I think that's a very limited view, um, mm-hmm. just because the app is good and all of that doesn't change uh, Mark Zuckerberg. That's the question though. Is it good? I mean, as we know, it's the first iteration yeah. and there's been a lot of complaints For about... For version one, yeah, exactly. it's pretty good. Now, I, I know you spent an awful lot of time on it the first oh, day of yeah, launch. Oh my God. As did uh, Matt Armitage, of course. If you didn't get a chance to listen to Matt Splained on Friday, highly suggest you listen to that. Insta- that's the question. When you respond to a thread, what do you call it? What did you christen it? Threading, threading, right? He's calling it pickling, or he's trying to he's trying to make everybody say, "Follow my pickle," which I'm not so sure works in that kind of context. Matt, why Matt? <laughs> right, but if they recorded over 95 million posts, 190 million likes, including uh, that users, are, uh, including that, uh, sorry, indicating that users aren't just registering but actively participating. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zuckerberg also noticed that this impressive growth was mostly organic. Um, while he acknowledged the app's infancy, the early success has generated mm. optimism. Now, I, I want to take issue with that word organic, as, right? As do I. Right, because it's not. Organic growth is chat GPT. Right. TikTok, right? Yes. These are yes. apps that grew by themselves, independent of an ecosystem. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, I mean, again, props to Meta and Instagram and all for building this out and being able to make it so easy to move on. Mm-hmm. But you were tapping into an existing ecosystem. Correct, correct. Now, the argument there is, but you still have to download a separate app, correct. right? But when you think about the numbers and when we look at, as of November last year, Twitter had approximately 260 million monetizable daily active users. Mm. It's not too far off. And then when the EU does come on board, this thing is going to crush the amount of users that Twitter have. Whether or not they are active users, they're still users. And those are the numbers that they will be using. They'll be the numbers that people are kind of bandying around. And it, I don't know. I mean, and despite these figures, external data hints at a declining trend in Twitter's traffic, as we've seen because of whatever Elon Musk is doing and whatever <laughs> mood he's in on that particular day. But my question for you then, Roshan, is do you see this as, as a Twitter killer? Oh, I don't think I don't think this uh, this is a Twitter killer just yet. Um, only because I think in, uh, Threads will have a separate use case in the sense that this is the middle ground between Instagrammers and Twitter. Right. Right. It's a, a new spot for uh, creators who have been primarily more visual to explore the the a text based app. But the thing is, uh, let's say there are a lot of Twitter creators who yeah. did very well yeah. who don't have very strong presence on Instagram, right? Yeah. Which means yeah. they're not going to have strong user bases. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, follower. Uh, I don't see them porting over um, without trying to keep their Twitter following going. Because end of the day, Twitter is relevant because of the people who are on it, the KOLs, and I'm going to I'm using key opinion leaders in the widest range possible, right? Yeah. So from anyone from an economist to Donald Trump to uh, to your your the, favorite actor, actress. your favorite actor, right? Yeah. So these are people that you want to hear what they're saying yeah. and. As long as they're still there and still communicating that way, there will still be a place for Twitter. But here's the thing, right? Those people who aren't on there yet, once they get bitten by FOMO, they're going to mm-hmm. uh, fear of missing out. They are going to jump over there and they're going to boost those numbers yeah. for Zuckerberg. And of course, Elon Musk is going to be 
pulling out his hair as he's looking at those numbers. Yeah, but I think it should be, uh, I want to say that I don't want Twitter to die because I, I we need competition. Yeah, I, agree. I I cannot, I do not want a world where all our major social media platforms are owned and run and ran, and run, sorry, uh, by Meta. Um, right, that's yeah, yeah. not a good place to be at yeah. for by any measure. Not one single entity cannot be determining the algo. That's why it's important for TikTok to continue mm. to thrive. Mm. It, you know, it reminds me a lot of uh, back in the day before Apple became what it is today. They were on a lifeline. They were, you might say, hanging on a thread. Oh. Um, <laughs> that's two and, we've had so far. And ding ding. When Jobs came back, uh, Microsoft gave them a lifeline because yeah. Microsoft was facing massive. Uh, monopoly concerns by the US government. Yep. So, you know, you needed Apple to stay alive to keep that kind of environment uh, on paper competitive. Now, I wonder whether we'll see something similar there, right? Because mm-hmm. if uh, Meta hasn't been able to buy anyone because Congress won't let that Correct. happen. Yes. They, so they built something yep. from the ground up. Yep. Now, According to Elon Musk, yeah. they didn't build it from the ground up. They stole it from his... Uh, they didn't. I mean, uh, an argument can be made that they, I mean, they did clone it. Let's let's be straight up. It is a clone, but, you know, they've done it before. Mm -hmm. We didn't see you there protecting Evan Spiegel when they cloned it there. But again, he has a point. But the way he goes about it, again, he doesn't help his cause right Mm -hmm. now. As it it is right now, when we we see the differences between threads and Twitter, um, you know, you can have finder characters on threads. Twitter is still 280. You can put links. But there are a lot of things you still can't do. You can't edit your posts. Oh, well, to be fair, Twitter only introduced that recently. Uh, And only if you're a subscriber. Correct. You can't DM. You can't, uh, there are no trending stories and there are no hashtags. What happens when Threads includes these different things, especially trending stories? Mm -hmm. Then you'll see engagement go up, right? Mm -hmm. Polls. So I think they're going to drip this along because, you know, like any kind of product cycle, there will be a massive surge and then people are going to drop off a little bit and then you introduce something new and then you pick that up. It's very Apple actually in a lot of ways. It's a brilliant strategic move, but you've got to look at it like right now, because a lot of those features are missing. What are businesses going to benefit from by mm-hmm. being on threads? The only thing that I can see is the visibility of, of being there right now. Mm-hmm. You know, just getting your name on there quickly, you know, establishing the fact that uh, establishing followers and, and being there is the only thing that they can do right now. And I think, you know, getting on board very quickly is the right thing to be doing. I don't see it as being a Twitter killer at any point right now. What I see as, as I mentioned to you earlier on, is a Twitter devaluer, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, and it was, it just felt watching this happen was like, <laughs> the best gut shot that Zuckerberg could do to Elon Musk right now, mm-hmm. you know. And the timing of this was just like... And, and anyway, mm. we can touch on this uh, a little later, Rich. It's also the fact that they're going to be part of the Fediverse. They're going yeah. to be tapping into ActivityPub. So this would give a more fragmented ecosystem for text-based uh, communication, right? Something mm. like email. Mm. Um, so that could be interesting to uh, discuss in a little bit as well. All right. Hold on to these thoughts. When we come back, uh, we'll be talking a little bit about the App Store, uh, how just uh, a few years ago it launched on July 10th. Yesterday, We should have spoken about it yesterday, really, uh, but we couldn't. Uh, a little update for <laughs> ChatGPT. If you want to get in touch, 018-789-8899. Twitter, we're at BFM Radio. We've got some ads and then some music from Blur here on Enterprise Biz Bytes. BFM 89.9. Bright, formidable media. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 
Welcome back to Enterprise Biz Bites. My name is Rich Bradbury. I'm in the studio with... Roshan Kennison. Tuesday, the 11th of July, 12.25, coming up to 12.26 here in the studio. Uh, now, uh, we were just talking, of course, uh, about uh, threads <laughs> and, uh, you know, w- w- what it might do for you, what it might do for your business, the amount of people that's moved over there. Uh, but we wanted to harken back a little bit and rewind in time, uh, like we mentioned at the top of the show, about the App Store. And this mm. was something that you mentioned to me the other day, uh, about how yesterday was the uh, anniversary of the birth of the App Store. Uh, July 10th, 2008, they launched the App Store, this uh, revolutionary concept at the time, yeah. reshaping software distribution by enabling developers to directly reach customers. I think because of the App Store, this is what kind of gave us all an iPhone in our pocket. And at mm-hmm. some point, we wouldn't have bought one. That was 15 years ago, Rich. And uh, what's important to remember is also that they launched the iPhone without the App Store. Yes. So think about that for yes. a second. So when we drawing parallels between Threads version 1 yeah. and iPhone version 1, yeah. look at how big the iPhone is today. Uh-huh. Hate it or love it, it's the most sold single phone in the world or device. Um, and then a year later, in 2008, they launched uh, the App Store. And that also, you know, didn't start off on the greatest foot, mm. but it built that platform. Um, and that platform has, people have built businesses off that platform. See, this is where I want to draw some parallels between uh, the iPhone and the Vision Pro, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, we spoke about this on Matt's plane, but without the App Store being in existence, the iPhone would not have taken off uh, Mm -hmm. uh, to the way that it is now, you know? And I think that uh, we're going to be looking at a similar thing with the Vision Pro. And I, I watched a really interesting thing about this the other day, about how it, it's a very smart move on Apple's behalf. And, and the clue is in the title, in the name, Vision, right? And we saw the numbers being dialed back. They were expecting to make millions of these things. And then we saw a revised that number. That was like 100,000. 100,000, you know. They don't expect this thing to be brilliant. It's, version it, one. It's a vision of what they want the future to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like, oh, I want cameras. Well, give me 11. I want speakers. Well, give me nine. You know, it's like <laughs> the, the greatest of the greatest. You know, and that's... The only problem missing from it is the fact that it's too big right now. And that's what happened with the Apple Store for a while. We saw apps coming in that had to be rejected. And when people started complaining about Apple rejecting their apps, they were doing it for the right reasons. You know, Mm -hmm. I think there was an app on there at one point that was £100,000 just to download to show people that you had £100,000. You had like a diamond on your phone. I I own the most expensive app. What? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm serious. Wow. And that would be a thing that you would walk around and show your friends. Yeah. Um, wow, I don't remember that. But I do remember uh, making my first purchase on the App Store in 2010. So I got my first iPhone was the iPhone 4. Yeah. Because before that, I thought it was silly. Mm. Um, I thought that 3GS was a big push forward. My mom got the 3G and I was like, what are you doing with this? <laughs> um, the 4 really seemed to change things around a bit because it became a bit more, I think, appealing. The 3GS had a step forward. Yeah. Uh, the first app I bought was, uh, no surprise at that, it was a budget app. Uh-huh. And I paid, I think it must have been, I think $5. So it would have been, what was then 15 to 20 ringgit. Right. Uh, I still use it till today. So talk about return on investment. That has been one of the best ones. But but again, it's the platform. Yeah. Uh, the kind kinds of things we can do on the App Store and other smartphones, right, uh, on this digital device in a cheaper manner, in a more mobile manner, has created. Uh, so, we're talking about earlier businesses, uh, the App Store is the new platform uh, in order to get anything done. Really, mm. and mm. everyone wants to own a piece of your phone, that a piece of how you use your phone, mm. and. 
I wonder, um, you know, if Apple is a bit more restrictive with it. Google plays obviously a bit more open with it. And you would, I, I would make the argument that the reason why the Microsoft Windows phones failed is because they were too late. Um, I agree. To the yeah. to a mobile first platform, yeah. they Microsoft dominates the world till today in terms of desktop platforms yeah. and laptop yeah. platforms for sure. But they were late to. They tried to 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 do. They tried to do what Apple does between the with the iOS and the iPad, right? Try to make it seamless, and they try to what they're doing with Macs. They tried to Windows tried to take Windows desktop and kind of tile it up for mm-hmm. uh, for the Windows phones. But they didn't get the developer uh, buy in. Apple's App Store is so powerful because they got developers to buy in early mm. and showed them they could make a lot of money from mm. that. Because studies have shown Apple users spend more money. That's true. But, you know, the developers did have one complaint, and it's quite a major one. You know, Apple, the slice that they take out of your profit, it's 30%. You know, you, you Sure, but you've got to pay rental somewhere, right? This is true. Rental costs, I mean, we've talked yeah, about yeah. F&B businesses. Rental is a big part of their... So this is a thing that, this is my perspective, my opinion on this. Um, these, these commissions that you take, the 20, 30% cuts, uh, that this is rental, it's landlords. You don't really, you go to a mall, you pay... Uh, your rental is going to be a significant mm, part of mm. that business. It's a platform. Now, if you don't make enough money to justify that, then you leave that platform, mm, right? Mm. Obviously, the big problem there is the problem there is the monopolistic nature of it, right? Because um, only the only app store you can get uh, that you can use on the Apple App Store uh, on Apple devices, uh, sorry, not Apple devices, on the iOS devices is the Apple App Store. Right now, you don't have really have a choice. So, as a developer, you have to. You have to um, be on the App Store in that sense. But as a consumer, honestly, I don't want uh, to be able to sideload apps into my iPhone simply because I trust Apple's vetting process. I don't want to have to start thinking about fake apps out there, which we have seen on other stores. Now, now here's the thing. European Union law coming up in 2024 is arguing that they should allow third-party app stores. Mm-hmm. Apple should allow. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting to see <laughs> yeah. because they've already won in the states. Yes. Um, now the 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 give they what they gave up though. Uh, so this was the lawsuit with Epic, Epic Games, the creators of Fortnite. Um, what they did give up was third-party payments transactions, right. right? So they're going to take. They're not going to take as much of a. They're allowing uh, mm-hmm. third-party payments, so that will help. I think developers quite a bit in that sense, um, or at least make it a bit. Uh, better to do business there, but that's the kind of push and pull you get, right? Mm-hmm. And any kind of uh, compet- anti-competitive uh, suit is it doesn't really reach your verdict because the companies are going to <laughs> going to negotiate it down, yeah. try and settle it out of court. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, that's that. And one final thing we've got before we wrap up, I think, is talking about this uh, new feature on ChatGPT. Of course, we have been following. Everybody's been following the story of Chat. It was. Everybody was talking about this. Uh, week in, week out, uh, ChatGPT was the, the only topic that seemed to be banded around. And they launched this new feature called uh, Code Interpreter. So it, it's fairly groundbreaking plugin. It empowers the AI to run code, to analyze data, to create charts, edit files. This is right up your street, Roshan. Edit files, perform mathematical operations. And it kind of acts like a personal data scientist. You know, um, It's only available to ChatGPT Plus subscribers. It can manipulate files up to 100 megabytes and code in Python. But beyond running code, it's a tool for unlocking possibilities, uh, allowing uh, data visualization. It can analyze music playlists. It can create interactive HTML files and clean data sets. What it can also do is look at an image and describe what is in that image, which is 
pretty cool if you ask me, but it's very smart. And there's a whole bunch of use cases of this right now. It's trending all over Twitter. It's I, uh, it's AI, Roshan. I, I can see you already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's getting a little worrying. But, you know, <laughs> genuinely, there's some really, really interesting and cool stuff. Check it out. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think while we're speaking about ChatGPT, I think an analyst report, Bank of America? Yeah, Bank of America, uh, one of the analysts was noting that uh, they started to see ChatGPT uh, download numbers slow down. I think one of the numbers they noted was uh, downloads on iPhones in the US were down 38% month on month in June. Uh, Bing app downloads, which includes ChatGPT-based chatbots were in the US, were also down 38% in June. Um, no, I think it's a bit too early to say that, you know, uh, this signals like a, it's a massive red flag uh, because... It's the low base effect, right? When you start from nothing, your growth rate is going to be much higher. Yeah. Uh, but one thing that they made a highlight of was Google search engine market share is slightly up year over year, 92%. So I guess they're seeing that, you know, comparatively, um, Google is getting a bit of an edge here because search is still strong. But, you yeah. know, search habit is really, really, really ingrained, right? So ChatGPT, like Threads, um, it, these are two very these are two parallel products if you think about it right in terms of uptick uh, uptake so ChatGPT is slowing down a little bit which I don't think should be unexpected um, I, I think most of the people who wanted to use it uh, for their silly questions have got that out of the way yeah and now they're kind of like and now okay. the real users will continue Correct. to use it which I think we will see with threads right yeah, yeah. so you know really the jokes were starting on day yeah. three like are people still here yeah um, we're going to see uh, things are going to slow down so now when ChatGPT introduces new features like that uh, people may be oh. I'm on this. Bing. Like uh, I can yeah. use this. Yeah. So that'll be quite interesting. Um, we actually have a message. Uh, we we do. Uh, yeah, from OSK. Uh, um, going back to that story about the mm. Apple App Store. Uh, and this is what he says. There's no justification for 25 to 30% commissions for Apple. Uh, these are exploitative and should be illegal. That's why regulation is required. Incomparable to brick and mortar rents who provide tangible services like security and maintenance. I would argue that security and maintenance is provided by digital players as well. In fact, I would argue that uh, just because you can't see the kind of maintenance and service that goes into it doesn't mean that they shouldn't be taking mm. a fee from it. Mm. You would want your digital services to have top-notch security and you would want them to be maintained. So I, I see where it's Because millions of these things on the market. Correct. You know? I, I see what you're saying. In fact, this might be more sensitive because yeah. the scalability of a breach, as we've seen many times before, can be quite devastating for personal data privacy. Yeah. Um, so I think this is, the, this is the difficult part, right? Just like, you know, what we talked about, Matt, the other day, uh, people believe that things on the internet should be free. That's not true. Agreed. Um, the internet, just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it should be free. Yeah. Things have a price. Uh, just because you can't see the tangible, that there isn't a tangible uh, value, like you don't believe there's a tangible value proposition to what you're paying, doesn't mean it shouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. um, if there was more competition, sure, maybe this would come down. Um, but at the same, we are seeing some competition, but you know, market share is a big part of this. Mm. Um, yeah, so I I understand the, the point that's being made here. Uh, and maybe it's just, just me uh, and my perspective on this, but... Um, there is still a lot of work that goes behind making sure that your digital platforms operate. Uh, because once you install it and you've once you've uploaded it, it's not a one and done situation. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, time for us to wrap up then, folks. Uh, final question, Roshan: uh, Threading or pickling? Threading for the love of God, please. <laughs> Matt, come on, man. Okay, uh, that's the end of today's show. And if you did miss any part of the show, don't forget you can download the podcast wherever you normally get it from. We recommend the BFM app. It's available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Of course, we've been speaking about the 
MDEC publication. Uh, we spoke about threads a little bit. We've had a little bit of a chat about the launch of the Apple App Store back on July 10th, 2008, and some of the costs involved with that. Uh, thank you, OSK, for your, for your messages. And then, of course, we just wrapped up with that discussion uh, very quickly about ChatGPT. But don't go anywhere. Coming up after the 1 o'clock news is the Breakfast Grill replay. Uh, the 15th Penang State election will take place after a full five-year term. Uh, the uh, Chao Konyao, the Ketek Chief Minister of Penang, uh, was on this morning uh, and uh, having a discussion with him. Um, that was an interesting one. Did you tune in this morning? No, I will tune in after this. Yeah, make sure you do. Uh, anyway, that's all the time that we have. We've got some... Uh, uh, some ads <laughs> and some music to take us up to the top of the hour. I can't see what it is. What is it? Peter Bjorn and John uh, with young folks here on Enterprise Biz Bites, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app. 